Dennis, welcome to the Building and Growing podcast. We're uh, delighted to have you here today. It's a pleasure to be invited uh, to your podcast. So thank you very much, Lucas. You're most welcome. So Dennis is one of the co-founders of Easy Hire. And would you like to start off by telling us a bit about yourself and Easy Hire? Sure. I'll start about myself, I guess, and then I'll go to Easy Hire. So um, part Dutch, uh, part Turkish, so a bit of a mix. And um, being in London for eight years now, uh, definitely home to me. Um, moved around a bunch. Lived in the U.S. as most people pick from the tent of my accent. That's where I went to uh, uni, Fantastic. and then ended up here uh, at Imperial College for my masters. And um, <clears throat> really, um, I, I guess now going to Easy Hire and the story behind it. Um, it's been some journey, honestly speaking. So I'll try to keep it concise because no <laughs> I could speak for ages um, on the topic. But um, yeah. yeah, we started out, um, you know, really incorporated in 2017. I'd uh, met my co-founder Andrea at Imperial College London. Yes, we had synced back up together after a few years of uh, him kind of working in Rocket Internet and scale-ups. Yes. And then I had uh, went into consulting and then I'd also uh, started another venture. So we met up around 2017 and then right at the beginning of 2018 is when we really started trading. And Easy Hire in the beginning was an open goods rental marketplace. So very different to what it was today. Yes. But uh, it was a platform, a marketplace where you can rent anything from a wheelchair to a bouncy castle from, believe wow. it or not. Wow. So it was very, very different from what it was today. And uh, we had multiple iterations. And um, after doing our first investment round, uh, we decided to focus on the event space. Since that's what our customers were kind of using a lot of the, the stuff that we had on the platform for. And we did that a lot. And you know, that was quite successful. We raised some more funding. And then the pandemic really came in at, uh, you know, beginning of 2020. So uh, we were faced with another kind of moment where we had to iterate and change. Yes. And we went into construction, uh, equipment rental. So uh, going from a goods rental marketplace to an event hire marketplace into a construction equipment rental franchise SaaS product was basically, I guess, the journey for Easy Hire. And we did that because events obviously shut down. Yes. Um, So we had to kind of innovate and come up with something. What a pivot. That's fantastic. uh, Yeah. So it's been quite a a journey. It's been, you know, uh, anyhow. If you have questions about it, I'm happy to answer because I can go on and on about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, look, you know, Mm. so Open Goods Marketplace Mm. pivoted to events and then pivoted to Mm -hmm. construction. So I suppose the question I have is more forward looking, Mm -hmm. you know, what would you pivot to next? Well, I think you only pivot out of necessity. Mm -hmm. So uh, you kind of got to maintain focus. So we, you know, always had a reason behind why we had to kind of, you know, change our focus. Yes. And um, in the first case, uh, from a goods rental mar- marketplace to an event hire marketplace, it was really kind of following our customer base. So we yeah. just realized where the money was at and what people were kind of you know hiring for. Mm-hmm. And that's why we decided to focus much more on the event space. Yes. Um, again, as a t- technology solution, partnering up with different rental companies. And then 
the other iteration of kind of going from events to construction equipment rental, again, you came out about from necessity because of the pandemic. So obviously the events world shut down. So we have to kind of do something, you know, different to survive. Uh, so in the future, we see ourselves sticking mainly to construction equipment rental. Yes. And, um, you know, still maintaining our event hire business. But we see, you know, the biggest growth opportunity within construction equipment. And, you know, if you think about it in terms of product market fit, we have that same product um, in Glasgow, Scotland, as we do in Rome, Italy, as we do Madrid, Spain. Fantastic. So the fact that everybody's on board on exactly the same contract, the same agreement, you know, with the same technology, the same product concept, you know, three very different markets to us is, again, proof of that, you know, stickiness of that product market fit. And the opportunity is huge, of course, with what we're doing in the construction equipment rental space. Yeah, fantastic. And yeah, a very good reason mm -hmm. to double down and stay focused. Mm -hmm. And you've mentioned international expansion mm -hmm. there. So, you know, you're present in a few different mm -hmm. markets now. Um, you know, what, what are your views on international expansion and importantly, you know, how you would facilitate that? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so um, it helps that we're really international as a team. So obviously we speak multiple different languages. Yeah. So that helps uh, because you need to localize. Mm. Uh, and that's a cost if you don't speak the language. Yeah. So um, that's a really important point. It is obviously an advantage from an investor perspective because they see the scalability of you entering new markets yes. as proof of concept of the product market fit as well because they're like, wow, okay, you made this work in the UK, you're making it work in Spain, you're making it work in, in Italy, we're gonna yes. launch France and Germany uh, next year as well. So, um, you know, that's important. You gotta like remember that you need to localize, you know, especially in Europe mm. where you need to speak the language. In our industry particularly, Mm -hmm. it, you know, if we had launched with an English sounding name in in Italy, it wouldn't work. So we even localized the brand from Easy Tool Hire to Easy uh -huh. Noleggio. Ah, yes. Or yes. in Spain from uh, Easy Tool Hire to Easy Alquiler. Mm -hmm. So I, I think that's important. And other than that, like, yeah, like it, it gives you, I think, a lot of opportunity because most markets, depending on what sector you you are in, like, you know, aren't developed at, at the same level. So the UK is more advanced and in a lot of things. Mm -hmm. So it's more competitive in the UK, for example, yes. but it's less competitive in Italy and Spain. Okay. So, you know, and we can take a lot of learnings from each market and apply it to another market. Yeah. But then again, there is a language localization part to it that's incredibly important. Yeah. So if you have those skills in-house, great. If you don't, you need to kind of bring them in. Bring them in, yeah. Mm -hmm. And I suppose when a lot of businesses expand mm -hmm. internationally, you know, let's say they, they, they do it themselves. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and when I say do it themselves, you know, they're, they're purchasing things and they're, mm -hmm. you know, setting up their own operations. But your success has really come through the franchisee model. Mm -hmm. um, so could you tell us a bit about mm -hmm. that? Um, because I don't think franchisees are something which get enough, let's say, airtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, franchise as a word sounds like a boring word. It's it's not like an exciting word really, right? You think about FMCG, you think about McDonald's, you think about like franchises in the restaurant kind of sector, right? Yes. So it's not really a tech startup-y word that kind of goes around. 
Um, but, you know, it's been a very important part of our business model um, for multiple different reasons. And we've had a lot of success with it as well. Yes. Um, one of the reasons is, um, you know, going back, I guess, to our founding story, um, you know, we, you know, raised institutional investment, but we also got on board uh, Stelios, which was the founder of EasyJet. Yes. And he became a shareholder in our business, and hence the name Easy Hire is affiliated because we then rebranded part of the business and trade under Easy Hire as a brand mm. because he became a shareholder and got equity, but he also gave us this exclusive brand licensing arrangement. So with, with our franchise model, we of course have the advantage of being able to incorporate a widely recognized trademark yeah, uh, that we have the right to. And you know that's an incredible advantage to us because you know startups spend millions and millions and tens of millions of pounds building a brand. Mm. And we've managed to get access to you know a global brand with you know a ninety percent plus consumer brand recognition in Europe. Yes. So you know we've incorporated that into our franchise model, as well as the kind of SaaS and software that we built as proprietary. And um, what I like about the franchise model is really a business partnership. Mm -hmm. So you know what's different about us as well is that we're not really coming down hard and saying, okay, this is exactly how you have to do X, Y, Z. Yes. It's more of a joint venture. We're partnering up with a business. Mm -hmm. We're complementing each other's skills and strengths. Yes. We do have a system in place. Um, and that system helps, up, helps us open up a new market mm -hmm. for each of our franchisees. So, uh, you know, that's important because, you know, a lot of our, you know, business also comes from this, kind of SMB sector, this kind of cash customer market of, you know, in the tool hire side of it, the tool and plant hire side of it, it's kind of tradespeople, it's contractors, it's commercial builders, yes. you know, folks that are just going online, they're searching for a piece of machinery to rent or hire for a job like a digger, for example, that just need for two days. So, you know, I playing to our strengths of having a widely recognizable brand, having a system where we can easily service this mm -hmm. customer group where we deal with the payment processing, we'll deal with ID verification, you know, we'll deal with inputting that data into the stock stock management system, into the CRM system, you know, stuff that, you know, you know most of our franchisees just don't have the know-how resource or, you know, expertise to do, but mm -hmm. they're really on top of the operations of, you know, making sure stock is well-maintained, making sure they deliver on time, they collect on time, you know, making sure they've got new stock that come in. Yes. So like we play to each other's strengths. It's a business partnership and that's how we viewed our franchise model. Yes. Uh, so it's really important we pick the right partners when we go forward. And, and that's of course, you know, I think a big part of our success as well. Yeah, fantastic. I, I really like how you, you, you described it there mm -hmm. in terms of, you are collecting the data, mm -hmm. you're putting the inputs into the CRM system mm -hmm. and such. It's almost as if Easy Hire is providing the infrastructure mm -hmm. for the franchisees mm -hmm. to succeed. Yeah, 100%. And, um, you know, our industry construction itself, construction hire, it's pretty offline, it's pretty traditional. It's, yes. um, it's not that modernized. It is becoming more and more modernized when it comes to using technology to service customer needs, especially with customer expectations kind of increasing yes. uh, year on year. So it's just that really perfect mix of, you know, we play to our strengths. Like we're gonna provide you 
an incredible toolkit yes. uh, so that you can service your customers at a higher level mm. and it's gonna cost you less to do so. And then you're gonna really be able to, as a rental company, as a franchisee, you know, as a business partner of ours, focus on the operations, on the maintenance of the product that you're shipping out, the 1.5 ton mini digger that you're hiring out. Yes. You know, so we play to each other's strengths, really. Yeah, and look, that's fantastic. And, you know, the, 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 the phrase you said about moving from online to digital, uh, online to, uh, sorry, offline to online, um, is a very interesting one because I, I saw a, a sort of a similar um, company that helped move um, trucking um, from yeah. offline to uh, online, uh, uh, uh. and there was a lot of traction there. So, why would companies, uh, let's say in the the, uh, the construction space, mm-hmm. choose to hire instead of um, purchasing? Yeah. Because if they purchase, you know, maybe they can. Uh, uh, use uh, depreciation accounting, um, you know, for the assets. Um, how did you guys spot this problem, and and you know why yeah. why do people migrate to hire yeah. over buy? Yeah, I think you know if you think about it like this, I'll give you an example. So one of our most popular products is a 1.5 ton mini digger. Yes, which people you know are a little surprised about because it's not something me and you might hire out ourselves. Yeah. But it's got a nice ring to it. It got a nice <laughs> ring as a 1.5 ton mini digger. And, yeah. and actually our biggest channel for that is, is, is online search. So people generally go to Google and they search <laughs> mini digger higher near me, right? Yeah. So um, that's kind of funny. But uh, if you think about how much that costs, it costs about 25 grand, about 25,000 pounds to buy a mini digger. Wow. You need to store it, you need to maintain it, yeah. you need to deliver it, you need to collect it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, to rent that same mini digger, for two days, it's about 200 to 300 quid. Okay, so it wow. makes no sense for you, especially if you're gonna only use that digger, you know, for a couple of days in your job cycle to actually buy it. Yeah. Because yeah. not only is it expensive to do so, um, you have to maintain it. And another big challenge is the uptime. Yes. So if your mini digger breaks down, we'll collect you and give you a new one that works. Oh, wow. If you okay. own it, you're not guaranteed that uptime. Because if it breaks down, you're gonna have to bring people in, you're gonna have to repair it. It's gonna take you, you know, like you're not gonna have that digger operating. So, you know, there's a very strong reason to hire certain products. Yes. um, Especially in that example that I gave. Other smaller products like tools, it might not make sense, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, But, you know, we're really, you know, focused on machinery or, or tools that, are expensive or you'll just need for a special kind of period of time during a construction job. Yes. And you know, it just makes so much more sense to make sure you have uptime and uh, it's just more affordable as well. Yeah, fantastic. And as we move into a, a more difficult economic time, yep. similar, you know, the, the last time we had a difficult mm-hmm. economic period was in the COVID pandemic when yep. you pivoted towards construction. Yeah. Um, how do, ex- how do you expect to fare um, this time around? Um, you know, how do you see demands uh, changing perhaps as a result of, you know, high inflation? Yeah, so, yeah, so kind of how we kind of see the markets adapting or changing um, in the next coming months, I guess. So I think for our industry, you know, big construction jobs are gonna continue. Yes. Like that's not going to slow down, you know, because they're just too big. They're already on long-term 
horizons. Yeah. Um, so that'll continue. Um, you know, we've built a fantastic advisory board with over a hundred, you know, years of rental experience. Mm-hmm. And, you know, each time, you know, there has been a recession, generally speaking, you know, the higher industry has always pulled through. Yes. You know, it's always pulled through. Yeah, of course, you kind of feel it, but mm-hmm. you've pulled through. There's still business out there. And I think for us, especially, it's going to become even more important because, you know, the easy brand after all is value driven, right? So we're yes. kind of lowering the cost base for our franchises to serve a certain customer segment. So I think that's gonna be more appealing. I think uh, increasing the utilization rates of their equipment is gonna be much more appealing. So if we come in and say, hey, look, times are hard, we're gonna bring you more business, we're gonna increase your utilization rates, and also we're gonna reduce the cost for you to service this new demand, I mean, that's gonna be a really winning formula, especially during times like this. So, you know, we're very bullish about our future. Yeah, fantastic. And I love the reference to the metrics because this is something that, you know, people can take away whether they have a higher business or not. So if, you know, if you've got, if you're listening and you do have a higher business, focus on maximizing, let's say, that utilization rate and minimizing the servicing costs. Um, but you know what? What let's say that you know it wasn't a higher business. Mm-hmm. What sort of key metrics would you recommend companies be looking at now um, if they're they're let's say worried about future revenue? Yeah. Well, you know, like it, it kind of depends on I think on 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 the life cycle that you're in, kind of the startup life cycle, right? So it, it kind of depends also if like how, how long your runway is. Mm-hmm. Because I know a lot of founders, a, a lot of friends, colleagues, and yeah, they're in a you know a bit of a tough spot because you know their runway isn't as long as it should be. Yes. So of course, you know, during these times, there it's more emotionally charged in terms of the investor sentiment. Yes. So people are nervous. They're not, you know, pulling the trigger mm. as easily as they used to. So if you're a founder and, you know, your runway isn't as long as it should be. Yes. And I would especially during this this period of time would advocate as long of a runway as possible. Mm-hmm. I would say that you should really focus on, you know, obviously kind of revenues, your numbers, kind of path to profitability. Yes. You know, that I feel has become a much bigger topic, has become much more important. These yes. really crazy high growth, but loss making ventures, they're still around, they still will be around, but it's just become much more difficult to kind of raise on yeah. that business model. So I think that's definitely kind of a big kind of takeaway that I would give to anyone, especially, you know, founders, about extending their, their their runway, focusing on path to 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 the profitability and revenues, mm-hmm. and also you know like don't give up. Like we've had many times in our experience in the last five years, you know we've raised five million to date, and you know we're 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 we're, we're, we're looking to raise much more moving forward. Yes. But we've had many you know periods of time where you know we were close to closing down. Yeah, we were just weeks away. Yeah, and really, and it was just one lucky break, you know. So the persistence, I think, is really important. Yes. You have to be persistent with what you're doing, because it really just takes one conversation. Mm-hmm. Like, and I honestly you know, couldn't really say that from the bottom of my gut. Yeah. It takes one conversation to turn that entire picture around. Yes. So you know, I, I, that persistence is important. So yeah. you got to keep at it. 
you know, it just takes that one conversation and there's a lot of noise out there. So just kind of focus on what you're doing, you know, focus on the business, focus on what you're growing, focus on your market, on your product, kind of cut that noise out. Yes. Okay. Fantastic. Look, very, very uh, uh, good pieces of advice for founders there. Um, I just want to sort of summarize what, you know, we've discussed so far, you know, Easy Hire started off as an open marketplace moved and uh, let's say consolidated um, or, or no, pivoted mm-hmm. to event hire, but then um, uh, pivoted again mm-hmm. uh, as a result of the COVID pandemic mm-hmm. away from events into construction. So th- this is mm-hmm. you know a story of survival, mm-hmm. a story yeah. of success. Um, and uh, in terms of, you know, the problems that you're solving for end um, customers yeah. um, is that, you know, instead of spending twenty five thousand pound for a one point five ton digger, yeah. they're able to hire it out for a couple of hundred pounds yeah. in a day, um, uh, and they don't need to worry about incurring any maintenance costs, yeah. storage costs. Um, if it breaks, you'll replace it, yeah. which are all really good reasons to bring in mm-hmm. higher equipment. Mm-hmm. On the other side, for the franchisees, you're providing infrastructure for them to you know, let's say manage their inventory mm. um, uh, uh, at sell mm. um, uh, and, and, you know, let's say have data insights more mm. effectively. You can share, mm. you know, learnings from the portfolio mm. with all of the franchisees so that they can focus on, mm. you know, delivering their operational promise. Mm. And sort of overlaying all of that, you've got the easy brand, yeah. which conveys trust yeah. it's you know very well yeah. well renowned yes credibility mm-hmm. um which is fantastic so i guess as a way to to you know sort of end the podcast um you know what would you say the three biggest key uh, sorry not the three biggest key factors the three mm-hmm. uh, most influential um, key success factors in the easy hire journey have been the so the three most influential factors on our journey on the easy hire journey. So yes. So I guess um, you know, as a founding team, you know, as founders as well, it goes back. Uh, to I think what I mentioned earlier, it really is persistence. Yes. So, you know, we were very persistent about, you know, wanting to build this business, wanting to do, wanting to do it within the rental and circular economy. Yes. So, you know, that's something that we never changed. We might have pivoted. We might have, you know, you know changed focus, but we've been always within equipment rental. That's never changed through the last five years. We've been always in that sector, always building relationships up within the equipment rental industry. So that, that persistence, I think, is really important. And I think another key thing is, um, you know, it's just team. You know, you just got to really surround yourself by, 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 by the best, by, you know, like as many talented people as possible because you need to be self-aware of what you're good at and what you're not good at. Yes. And, you know, you have to be humble about it. Mm-hmm. So you need to kind of bring other people in. You got to incentivize them. You got to empower them. You got to get them charged up. You got to give them a North Star. Yes. I, I think that's really, really important. You know, combined with the persistence, it's the team that you're building out. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, lastly, on our journey as well, you just don't run out of money. 
Yes. So, <laughs> so while one. you're persisting on this adventure, yeah. you know, with your North Star, building an incredibly talented team, empowering them, you know, charging them up, uh, just make sure you don't run out of money because you'll get there. You'll get there eventually. Yes. Just kind of make sure you gotta you, you gotta keep the lights on. So fantastic. Yeah. Look, three great uh, 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 you know takeaways there: persistence, team don't run out of money. Yeah. You've answered a lot of my questions, no. Dennis. I want to actually sort of hand the mic over to you yeah. in case you know there's anything that you want to add or, or, or talk about um, uh, Yeah, before the end of the podcast. Well, um, you know, like I think entrepreneurialism, starting, you know, a company or being part of a founding team or, you know, being in a, in, in, in a really empowered role, you know, you, you do not need to be a founder to use those same skills, you know, yes. like, and that's, I think, you know, I feel like sometimes, you know, and, you know, I'm grateful that I'm on this podcast because this is what I share with a lot of people, you know, people feel pressured to start a business. Like, oh, I want to be a founder. I want to do something. I want to do X, Y, Z. Well, actually, you know, all those takeaways, those skills, you apply, you know, in many, many different situations, you know. Yes. And, you know, you will be really kind of in the thick of it in a founding team or even in a, you know, a senior position where you're empowered, where you have to, again, just really be persistent. You got to, you know, set a North Star. You got to recruit the best people. You got to empower them. You got to make sure you have a budget to yes. kind of keep that going. So I, I think those takeaways you know, apply to a lot of different scenarios. Like it doesn't, I wouldn't say it only applies to founders. Yes. I would say it applies to a lot of people, um, you know, in a lot of different contexts. So I, that's just something important I feel um, yeah. to share. And other than that, look, you know, I, I'm always open to kind of share my journey, to share my experiences and to learn from others. It's been always, I think something important to me to recognize that you know like don't reinvent the wheel stand on the shoulders of giants yes so yeah. learn from people that have already done it if you want to do something talk to someone that's done it so they can yeah, tell you how yeah. it's done so that, that, that that's a big thing and i do that constantly i meet up with people i grab drinks i have coffees with yes. others that have you know done what i want to do or there are a couple of steps ahead of me so yes. you know I, I think that's important um and just feed feed your mind with stuff yeah so um yeah, well, no, I'm just grateful for the opportunity, Lucas. Thank you very much for, no, for, for, no, for inviting me, of course. You're most welcome. And Dennis, yeah. thanks so much for joining. Mm -hmm. And and I think, you know, what, what you really touched upon at the end in terms mm -hmm. of, you know, applying those learnings, whether you're a founder mm -hmm. or not, mm -hmm. um, is really, you know, quite thoughtful because, mm -hmm. um, you know, people for various reasons yeah. might not be able to, to you know, found businesses, mm -hmm. but they can still act like a founder yeah, and be a founder. Yeah, um, very much so. And so I think, you know, yeah. for anybody listening, you know, if you do want to get in touch with Dennis, um, you know, he, he's mentioned yeah. that, you know, he, you he loves out to the me directly. We'll put the contact details when you post. Let's yeah, go. yeah, let's do that. And, you know, you mentioned that, you know, often you're speaking mm -hmm. to people who are, two steps ahead of you yeah. and I'm sure some people listening might yep. be you know two steps behind and trying to follow the journey that you have so um yeah you know Dennis is great I would encourage everyone to have a chat cool. but yeah Dennis thanks so much for your time today likewise Lucas cheers excellent thank you <laughs> okay cheers mate